is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast, another edition of Spoiling Star Wars with Eric. Uh, Hi, Eric. Well, hello. This is an exciting spoiling Star Wars. Um, yes. We are right off the brink of a uh, May the 4th in quarantine time. So we all, I think probably more people watch Star Wars or a film, especially now Disney Plus is out. So everybody, there's a large quantity of the human population that probably was able to participate in some Star Wars watching. And Indeed. I know this is, this this podcast more than likely will come out Um in a galaxy far, far away, you know, a time long ago or so forth. So who knows when it is, but just just know on the date of recording, it is all fresh in our minds, and we're all very Star wars up. So it makes Indeed. sense, right? Oh, perfect sense. Uh, you know, uh, May, May the 4th was just around, you know, j- just happened. Um, I think I think you managed to convince uh, a member of your family who hadn't actually seen it yet to, to do so. Um I recently started uh, started a new campaign with the Star Wars role playing game, and we we really missed we really missed our mark because we didn't play until the day after. So instead of playing on on May the fourth, we we end up playing on Cinco de Mayo. But it's all right because I had a margarita while we were playing, and it was good. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. That's that that's diverting things right out the gate. And uh, Eric, we're we're gonna start where it all started, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with the classic Star Wars. Released as Star Wars before they they tagged on A New Hope and and decided it would be Episode Four. Uh, that's that's where we're going with. Yes. I, I yes, and and this kind of comes down to it. So you are completely correct that my wife, who's never seen Star Wars, she's only seen the Ray version. So we went out and saw that a couple years ago. So that would be Episode Seven. We had a, a heated debate in the kitchen with um, my nine year old daughter. My son, who is 13, myself, um, my wife, and then the three-year-old really just didn't care. He was just terrorizing somewhere, like like an Ewok, um, As he does. or or better yet, probably more like a Jawa for Christ's sake. Um, so, so we had that discussion of where where should we start? My daughter wanted to start with Episode One. You know, the nine-year-old said Episode One makes sense, which of course makes sense, but it doesn't make sense in this case. Um, my wife wanted to start with the Ray episodes because she just wanted to see the modern stuff. Because the whole goal, my son just wanted to watch the latest one because he's seen all of them, which makes sense for a 13-year-old not to want to go through the motions. And then I uh, said, guys, if we're going to do this right, and we're actually going to make it a thing where we watch them, not just today, but watch them throughout the next month or so. I, like, my my whole goal in this whole thing probably is to see more like watch Lauren and how she takes it in, who's not a sci-fi fan by any means. Um, but... How does the story hold up? Does the story hold up to someone that's not going to get into it for the blasters and the, you know, the nostalgia act? So, right. yes, that's uh, we we chose four because it made sense because we're going to do the theatrical release as opposed to the preferred method of like just completely skipping one, um, right? Because mind you, many people might not like one, but I have a three year old, and I also have you know we're still a younger generation or like a lot of them are younger kids that probably would right. appreciate one more so than maybe, you know, the adults, the 30, 40, you know, males. Right. So, right. So I, right. I appreciate us starting on four. I think that's probably, 
if you correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably how we're going to spoil the rest of Star Wars. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, sus- I suspect we'll, we'll, we'll go with the, the the order of theatrical release for for the main saga. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't know where we'll where we'll we'll throw in Rogue One and Solo and so forth. But. I, I, do you, yeah, I still. I feel like you just theatrical release when it's when it was yeah. released. Now yeah. you know. We, obviously, there's a lot of side things there. Are we going to talk about an Ewok movie? You know, are we going to talk about Clone Wars? Are we going to you know? So there. But for the most part, for the original nine, I think that's how we'll do it. So, um, so I'm I'm geared up, ready to go, and and the crawl is is going across my screen. Um, Fantastic. Basically, giving us the information here of what a new hope is. I like so, it. So, Todd, when when did you when did you first watch? Um, I'm sure there's probably an old archive podcast somewhere where you've mentioned it, but um, did you see it in the theaters or was it a VHS release? Oh, oh no, I saw it in theaters, and it's funny you mention it. Uh, it I actually talk about this in the first real episode. It's it's technically episode two, uh, but yeah, I, I get into this. But I'm I'm happy to rehash. Uh, so it, yeah, it, you probably it, should. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. Um, so the the movie came out in '77, right? At which point I would have been two, and I don't oh. think I saw. I, I I don't. I seriously don't think I saw it when it originally originally came out because I I remember seeing it in the theaters, and I don't think I remember that at age two. Um, I feel uh, like I don't see how you could. That yeah. would. First, like what kind of mad be. person takes a, t- a two-year-old to a movie? That would be the thing. You know, what you, mad you person to, does that? You would have to question the parental judgment at that point. Yes. Uh, so I think I feel I feel like they re-released it to theaters prior to um, Empire coming out. And, and and you know you could you and the internet can fact check me on this, but I want to say it was probably like seventy-nine because as a four-year-old. That would make sense. Like you can take yeah. a movie, you can take a four-year-old to a movie, and me at four years old, I still remember some things, especially yes, I- iconic, burned into your brain, life-changing things like seeing Star Wars. Um, yeah, like so a Star I, I wanna... Destroyer, like terrorizing your screen, you know, like right off the get-go. Right. So right. I think, well, you, yeah, most people remember that, regardless of well, age. Well, I also have a vague recollection of when I wa- when when we went to go see it after. After the film, they had, or or, maybe, or before, there was like a trailer for Empire, so it must well, have then. been must have been clo- mm-hmm. must have been closer to that time frame. But no, I remember seeing it in the theaters. Um, I remember getting you know the action figures, right? You know, very early on. Um, you know, and, and Star Wars has literally been a part of my life for you know all of the my life that I can remember since I've been old enough to, you know, know things and remember stuff. Star Wars has been there. Um, and it all started with, with, you know, the classic episode four. So, yeah. And, 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 and I think, um, geez. So we had, in my case, we, so I have the same way, but I was never, I've never seen in the theater right off the get go. We had VHS tapes and they were in these nifty, like plastic boxes. And, I specifically remember A New Hope, um, you know, being in a brown box. Yep. And uh, Empire Strikes Back was in a white box, and Return of the Jedi was in a brown box. So yep. I believe. Um, uh, that, that sounds which about right. Makes, which helps no one out there, but uh, no, for the not, sake not of understanding least. that this, this podcast is typically two brothers talking right. about their memories and their feelings about stuff. So, sorry, um, you might have found the wrong podcast. 
this is not the podcast you're looking for if you just want uh, deep cuts of who was the director and who produced this and what shot and why this was done this way. You'll just get our Eric, opinions of that. Eric, <laughs> I, have, I, I, have, I have a three-page script here that's all about a deep dive into the, the key grip and the best boy for this film, which I guess I'll just oh, crumple, crumple, oh. crumple. Throw away. Never mind. Apparently, we're, we're, we're going off that script right now. So okay. Let's, yes. Let's 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 get touchy feely on our re- recollections and go that route. That's fine. Sorry, Todd. So I so I just rewatched. Uh, so like I said, I just rewatched, and right off the get go, the opening scene is always masterful and 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 fantastic, where the you know the star destroyer comes flying through the sky and takes in the little you know the rebel w- w- cruiser, you know, so forth. Um, I had my daughter read as like narration the the scroll. Nice. Um, and um, she, she made it all the way into the very end where it was started to fade. And I hurried up and sped read it like the Micro Machines guy at the very right. end just to get the, 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 you know. And then I realized, like, as a kid, none of this mattered. Like, I just, like, <laughs> I, you know, seriously. Because my, so I had to almost explain it, like, what's going on here in layman's terms to Lane, right. you know. So because I, she read the whole thing, but it's kind of, what does this mean? You know, what's the empire? What's, what's you know, what is... Princess Leia or Ghana or whatever. What is she doing? Um, and then it just came to me. It's just like, well, none of this really matters at first because all that you see in the the opening scenes are like, all right, these people, you know, running around madness, these droid looking creatures. At this point in time, you don't even know who they are, you know. Right. And there's two of them. There's there's two, you know, sh- shiny, you know, human like, you know, droids. One dips out in the closet. And the other two keep walking magnificently, not getting shot by these blasters of these guys with these giant bucket heads, you know, right. and, and you're just kind of taken in by the the sights of it all. And you're like, whatever, you know, it's very easy right off the get go. You know who's good and who's bad. You know, these oh, stormtroopers yeah. come in and just start taking stuff out. And then, of course, you get your Darth Vader. So what's your overall thoughts? I mean, I know you don't have it in front of you or you didn't just watch it yesterday, but. What was your first impressions of just watching the movie? Like, what's your memories or and or like, you know? Um, I I remember enjoy. I mean, it. it I don't think I, I. I well, I didn't think of it in these terms at age four. Okay, you know, I'm I'm I'm. I think of myself as kind of a smart guy, but I'm not not that advanced at age four. But no, you're looking not back, <laughs> looking back at it. I think I was impressed by the 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 pace of it because it it drops you right into the action right out the get go. Like, You're right. Yes, yeah. There, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a bunch of words in reading, which which is which, which would normally be be a bit of a turnoff, I would imagine, to the youngsters. But they compensate for that real quickly by like, oh, here's here's a here's a here's a big ship. Oh, crud. And it's blowing the crap out of this other ship. And oh, now we're on the ship and there are blasters flying everywhere. And, and it, it just they drop you right into the heart of the action. And it's one of those things where, yeah, they they don't really tell you. They don't get. They don't give you a lot of background. They don't. They don't do a lot of build up. It's just boom, stuff is happening. Figure it out. Um, and luckily, they do a good job of helping you to figure it out pretty quickly. Uh, you know, and and you are able to instantly identify. Oh, these are the good guys. These are the bad guys. Oh, these 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 droids, they're funny. They're 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 probably the good folk. Oh, this Darth Vader guy. He's clearly evil. Like it. It, it does a very good job of visually conveying the the battle of good versus evil without necessarily calling it out too obviously, but they convey it very well. And and you know it it 
it it picks like the pacing of the film is very good in that it goes from action and then there are some slow slow you know slower moments where they ex- you know explain some stuff but then very shortly thereafter it kicks right back into some action um and i think that that stuck with me and definitely left an impression yeah yeah i mean once you see darth vader you know he's the obvious bad guy you see these stormtroopers which are you know and and, and the thing is this is done in the 70s so i mean i don't have that um you know, I know it was cutting edge then, so I don't have that because I probably didn't watch it until maybe late 80s, probably when I could remember it, you know, mid 80s, right. definitely. Um, yeah. You know, most of my memories probably come from early 90s. So it wasn't like I haven't seen something at that point in time. Technology was out there that we've watched a lot of movies with, you know, big scenes and big scale. And, and you know, and there's been the Indiana Jones and, you know, Jaws and all that stuff where it's just like, right. you know, you can make these movies look realistic and so forth. So. Um, but you see Darth Vader, and um, I didn't necessarily understand what was going on at first, but now you get the whole, you know, situation where, you know, all right, this guy is trying to find, you know, plans to what would be a, you know, the Death Star, and Princess Leia is part of a rebel team, and she's trying to get rid of those, and, and he's willing to kill everyone, because if you think about it, they just straight up jumped on this ship and just started murdering people <laughs> Oh yeah. for, the, for, oh, for yeah. a floppy disk, you know, so that's oh, like... Yeah. That is bad guy to a T if you're you're going to have that. So um, and then, you know, you don't realize that the droids are actually the comedic relief at the time, you know, no. but they you know, when you when you watch back, you're like, yeah, they are very, you know, comedic. Um, oh, yeah. You know, they they say funny things. They that doesn't make sense. Um, and, uh, you know, they scream in the background, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they did. You know, my favorite part is when they get to Tatooine, obviously. Um that is, you know, they escape and they go there. Todd, tell us about Tatooine while I find the best YouTube show for my child. Sounds like a plan. I would, I would, I would possibly go with some Star Wars, maybe. But you know, you you, you do what suits the mood for for the youngster. Um, Tatooine is is makes you know plenty of appearances in all of the films. Uh, you know, in 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 truth or in spirit, if we're we're looking at you, Jakku. Um, but I, you know, obviously, as far as episode four goes, you know, you, you, you get you get Tatooine, you've got you've got Luke at home doing his thing. Um, you know, eventually you work your way around to, you know, the droids escape and Obi-Wan comes on the scene and you get to, you know, you get to see the Jawas, you get to see all that stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that, again, as a youngster, I don't know that it necessarily impressed upon me, uh, A, because I was young and B, because, you know, I hadn't seen that many movies, so I didn't have much to compare it with. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you mentioned that, you know, in, you know, Star Wars was very, uh, um, was full of all sorts of innovations in, in film that, you know, looking back on it, you can, you can appreciate in that most of the, the sci-fi of the time was very, very futuristic, very everything is shiny and sleek and, 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 you know, that, that's how they conveyed, you know, the future to, to audiences back in the day is by having, you know, real, real, real sleek lines and shiny stuff and everything sparkling and clean. And Star Wars was one of the first things that kind of brought that sort of gritty realism to it, to where, you know, everything is kind of busted up and, and, and rusty and dusty and, and that level of, of, of realism sort of you know even though it's it's a it's a it's a sci-fi fantasy you know it's 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 space opera it 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 lends a a level of realism to everything because it's it's you know it's it's sort of a used future um 
kind of a thing. And, you know, you can tell that by, you know, yeah, it's 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 a it's a moisture farm on Tatooine. But they've got all these, you know, these weird you know moisture vaporators and there's there's droids and there's all this stuff happening. But it all looks gritty and grimy. It looks very, very real. Uh, when you finally get into Moss Eisley, you know, it it looks like an old, you know, beaten down sort of Western kind of town sort of deal. Um, you know, and eventually. Yeah, it's. You, uh Yeah. No, I was going to say that's that's one thing that was very, very apparent and, and different. And, you know, like you said, there was a lot of like back in the day it was Flash Gordon. And that's usually what, um, you know, I think George Lucas and most of those guys attribute his space serials of like parting, you know, starting it. But the used oh, yeah. the used future was like super awesome. It still is. And and I'll tell you. So we were just down um, in Disney not so long ago, and they had the new Galaxy's Edge and they have basically <laughs> Their their planet is seems a lot like a you know a Tatooine even though it's not you know right um, right and it it was really really fun watching this movie because down there they make make sure they have tons of Easter eggs like just put things everywhere and right off the get go when you get on when you know the droids get picked up on the barge Jawas barge they're the first droid that you look at I remember seeing and I actually took a picture of and he was in like a like the the upper half and the head was like in a cabinet or whatever like in a bag hanging on a wall next to this like what they call the droid depot where you can make your own droids and right. he was real shiny you know he's he's kind of like a you know probably in like some type of interpreter droid or whatever you know like human-like form and he was real shiny in the in the film but since he was waiting outside in this bag he got patined and like in down in the land so he was kind of like a you know a um like bluish green right rust right. color and i i was like kids and i paused it and i showed him a picture i said we saw that and, and and it was very it was fun because we went through and there was all types of that kind of stuff um oh, yeah. know, throughout the throughout the movie for down the land and it was fun to actually feel like we were there and um that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the movie but nonetheless it's you know it was it, it, it was nice because even when watching the film, there's a ton of Easter eggs in the backgrounds and stuff like the cantina scene is filled with weird creatures and things, which oh, yeah. they're not like they're not main characters. So they didn't necessarily need to put them there. But just in the background, you're like, look at that guy. Look at this guy. What's this doing? You know, so that was really fun. And that's honestly the, you know, the cantina, you know, skipping ahead. We have, you know, lots of drama, you know, in which. People can see the movie to get the entire film thing, but uh, the cantina is by far my favorite. Um, oh, and tell us about reason. some of the characters or, or some of the, the aliens in there, Todd. Oh boy, put, put, put me to task at this point. So, All right, give me give me five. <laughs> give me five of your favorite in the cantina. Not not elaborate backstories, but some of the cool guys in there, and and I can help you out. Let's start with the hammerhead. You know anything so, about him? Oh yeah, I mean, well, he, he, here's the thing. I know a frightening amount about a lot of the folks in in the cantina and I'll, I'll 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 give you your five and then i'll i'll perhaps expand on on all of them. on the cantina in general and my ridiculous stupid levels of knowledge uh in regards to the denizens of the cantina so so the hammerhead is is a, is an ethorian is is the name of that race they are a they are generally a race of uh uh agriculture agricultural type folk they come from a, a jungle planet um the ethorian in question i, I actually know his name because i'm that dork uh that's moma nedon um he 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 is something of an exile 
for, from the Athorians, um, hanging out on Tatooine. Let's see who else can we who else can I I, I dig into? Um, let's see see if I can remember any of we'll talk, by, let by me, their names. What about well, Pondo Baba? He's the walrus guy, right? So yeah, Pondo Baba. That's 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 the one on whose figure was known as Walrus Man. He's the guy who mm-hmm. uh, who gets his arm hacked off by by uh, uh, by by Ben Kenobi. Um, he is an Aqualish. Uh, he is a smuggler, um, and he is uh, in cahoots with Doctor Evazon, who is the 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 human dude with the mangled up face, who you know is given Luke the ration, uh, you know, and says that they're wanted men. Um, he he's yeah. So that's Doctor Evazon. He's not actually a doctor. He calls himself a doctor. That's one of his cover cover stories. <laughs> um, okay. Interesting interesting side note in the extended lore um, after the altercation in the cantina, uh, Dr. Evazon hooks Ponda Baba up with a, a cybernetic arm to replace the one he, he got, you know, lopped off. Um, except because dude isn't actually a doctor, he doesn't actually get a cybernetic arm. He gets a droid arm and rigs it into Ponda Baba. And that does not go well. Um, so there's three, uh, let's see who else, who else do we have that we can, we can chat. Let about. me, um, let me ask you, there was one that I, so the, 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 like the twin Egyptian girls. Yes. Do you know Tanika anything sisters. about them? I've never heard it. Okay. All right. You obviously <laughs> <do>. <laughs> I've so, always wondered no, so what do we got going on with them. That's going to count as four and five. Um, yeah, I know that's and, and, okay. And, and, and get me off the hook here. Yeah. Those are the Tanika sisters. Um, they are uh, small time, like con artists type folk um who who use their their feminine wiles to you know get credits out of unsuspecting schlubs and you know the the cantina is their scene where they they take care of their their shenanigans um and so what why on earth do you know this todd how do you know this todd you may be asking and if you aren't i'm asking for you because that's that's the kind of service i provide (laughs) um so Grew up loving Star Wars, you know, forever. And, you know, I guess folks got to realize that, you know, growing up, Star Wars was definitely a thing. Everybody enjoyed Star Wars. You know, a lot of folks loved Star Wars, but there wasn't as much Star Wars to be had. Like, Episode Four came out, and then, you know, Empire came out, and Return of the Jedi came out. But there, like, weren't a ton of books or comics. I mean, there were plenty of toys. But there weren't, you know, TV shows. There weren't, there wasn't a theme park. Like, there was just not a lot of other Star Wars media or materials to be had. You just had the movies for the longest time. And then in, I want to say, 1987, they released a role-playing game for Star Wars, which I literally play up until this day. We just played a game, you know, yesterday. Uh, but uh, a game company called West End Games got the license to do a, a role-playing game. Um, so you could, you know, create characters and, and play in the Star Wars universe. And of course, I was all about this. Well, for the game, you know, they, they came out with the, the, you know, the rule book, but they, you know, they also came out with a bunch of supplements. Like, you know, here, here are some adventures, here are some books, you know. And they had a series of books called Galaxy Guides that were like Galaxy Guide 1 was for A New Hope. And basically, it gave game stats for all the characters. So if you want to say, oh, you know, we know Darth Vader's a badass, but how badass is he if I wanted to use him in my game kind of a thing? Well, they, they, they dedicated a page 
with stats and like full backstories on just about everybody in the cantina. So you, you know, I, you know, there was a point where I could tell you, oh, you know, Momon Adon, yeah, he's an Ithorian, here's all this stuff. And if you ever encounter him and try to shoot him, here's how good he is at dodging. You know, here, here's what he, you know, here's what you would roll to see how much he knows about agriculture and, and whatever. Um, so like for most of the, the, the folks in the cantina, you know, they, they, got, they, had, a, they had a picture, um, they had the stats, they had a whole backstory for them. And, you know, me, I just ate that stuff up. And there were points uh, when I was in college where we would watch Star Wars. And when the cantina scene came on, you know, one of the guys would grab the remote control. And as soon as a new alien would come on, would pause it and be like, Todd, what's this guy's deal? And I would, you know, oh, that's so-and-so. And and here's his deal. And then they'd unpause it for like a half second until another thing came on and be like, all right, Todd, how about this guy? It was like a party trick. Um, (laughs) A very dorky geeky party trick uh but you know it worked and like i said it's it's been a while so i i've probably forgotten more about all the folks in the cantina than most people know in the first place or frankly probably even want to know um but yeah it's it's, yeah that's why i put you on the spot there todd i had a feeling i had a feeling that you would be able to uh live up to the you know i didn't know if you knew those girls and yeah you uh you blew me away so good good work there Todd, let's let's go ahead and take a real quick break, and when we come back, we'll maybe talk about some of the things you don't really notice in the films. Sounds good. All right, and we're back, Todd. Uh, you know, I rewatching the the film. There's a couple things that probably go unnoticed, and one of those was uh, how critical and crucial the the sound work and the background, you know, uh, instrumentals and music are. Um, tell us a little bit about anything you know about the music. Sure. So, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, John Williams is is iconic in his field for, for his, his soundtrack work, you know, not just for Star Wars, but for, you know, countless other films. Um, it, it's a it's a well-deserved reputation, in, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, Star Wars, I think without that, without those, that musical accompaniment would not be the same Star Wars. Um, he, he does a, a, a masterful job of, of pairing up, you know, the tone of what's on the screen with the, the music that's being presented. And, and the two are pretty like they're pretty much inseparable, uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, it's yeah, I it's, agree. It's, it's yeah, it's it's rare that you you have a soundtrack like that. Like, I mean, they're they're soundtracks, you know, like, OK, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack or the soundtrack to Guardians of the Galaxy. That is just, you know, a, a collection of really good songs. That, you know, you can listen to independently, obviously, but, you know, there's that kind of soundtrack. And then there's like, you know, the score for the for a, for a for a, a movie where you can get that album. And I don't know that there are any other film scores that I would listen to, you know, but where it's just like the background music. But but for Star Wars, you know, you can't watch that movie without hearing the without hearing the the music. Like if you if you put on the movie oh, yeah. and somehow somehow had a magical way to t- turn off all the music but still hear the dialogue and the sound effects, it would not be as good a movie. And, you know, to on the other side is, I, I have all, uh, you know, the soundtracks for the three first films. Well, the first episodes four, five, and six. <laughs> um, and I could put on the soundtrack to, to, to Star Wars, A New Hope. And just listening to it, you, I can picture all of the scenes in my mind. Like, the music is so well-tuned to the film you know you can hear you know 
and not just like the imperial march or the main theme but like you know the the music that's playing when they're in you know the jala sandcrawler if i just hear that track i can i'm i feel like i'm in the sandcrawler you know and and you don't get that very often yeah i first noticed it even when um i mean the sound effect alone i was telling you the other day like the stormtroopers stomping and just walking in that like in the void of space and you know like that was it just was ominous and it's like yeah there's a bunch of them here this is just like a cold dark place and they're you know it um and then the jaw was just the music played where they were just kind of uh you know mysterious not mysterious at first and then ornery and stuff like the the score is perfect and then of course you get to moss eisley and then then you actually have like a legit you know odd alien music and it was it's fantastic and i you know i grew to um appreciate it a lot more when you listen back and be like yeah if this music wasn't here this uh this wouldn't be nearly as effective because the oh, no. music kind of also tells you essentially how you're supposed to be feeling about the situation you know which is pretty cool because oh, yeah. like they said they drop you in and, and there's a pretty complicated story plot to an extent you know like it's obviously good versus evil but you don't know what's going on and you kind of have to play it around and see who's you know what exactly is you know how bad are these people? What 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 exactly you know? And then the music kind of gives you a bit of, you know, the tone, you know, and helps oh, yeah. you kind of understand. All right, you know, fits you in the mood for how you should be feeling about a certain scene. So I thought that was pretty darn cool. And then Lauren actually asked me while we were watching. So I had to preface it saying we're watching the ones that are on Disney Plus, which essentially has the 1990 whatever special edition cuts. All right. So I said this, I I was explaining how this movie was, you know, cutting edge in terms of, you know, graphics and or like technical uh, film skill, you know, and then you come across and you see some of these CG, not good CG either, like bad looking CG. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, middle 90s, lizard creatures. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And then, I mean, especially the job of the hut scene, which is like, all right, well, we just heard that with Greedo. But, you know, um essentially like Jabba doesn't look that great, you know? And yeah. at the time it was fine and it was cool. And I understood why they did it because, you know, tickets and, and money, but right. um, <laughs> I had to explain that. But back then she, she did actually ask, you know, like she was even, you know, was like, how'd they do this? And it was just the jaw was barge or whatever, whatever, you know, thing just going across like, you know, the sand. And it right. looked legit real and looked huge. And, and it's like, how they do that? And I was like, well, you know, they kind of, you know, made up a lot of this technology and stuff. So oh, yeah. do you know anything? I mean, do you have any insight or, you know, um, I guess how do you, have you seen any of the behind the scenes and, and kind of, you know, how they put a lot of this together? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen I've seen my fair share of, you know, behind the scenes stuff. I've listened to, you know, a bunch of podcasts where they they, they talk about, you know all that stuff and and you're right for for a lot of the the effect shots and the things that they did they they kind of invented as part of this i mean industrial light and magic exists because of star wars like the 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 technology that was around and the way that they did things in the day was was not sufficient for for george lucas's vision and he said well screw it we we, we're going to figure this out and we'll just invent this stuff and that's that's why you know we have you know he he basically founded industrial light and magic because he's like i want to do these dog fights in outer space we need to figure out how to do this um you know we we want to you know have have all these things that you know come to life 
and we, we don't want it to look, look super cheesy. Let's, let's figure this out. Um, you know, and, and as, you know, as a side effect, you know, kind of to dip back for a quick second to the, the, the audio end of it, um, Skywalker sound is, you know, something that started with star Wars and is in, is gets used by everybody in the industry who, who wants, you know, good, good, you know, good audio effects and, and, you know, soundtracks and all that stuff too. Um, you know, the, it's funny, you mentioned the sand crawler. I mean, the sand crawler was basically a, a, a very glorified sort of remote control car sort of situation that, you know, took a crap ton of takes to get right because they couldn't get it to, to play nice. Like getting R2-D2 to roll across the desert was a chore and a half because there's sand everywhere and it's a mechanical thing. Uh, you know, and it, it's funny to watch some of the behind the scenes stuff where, you know, R2 will be rolling along and all of a sudden something will jam up or, or something else will kick into high gear and all of a sudden he'll just whiz off, you know, out of nowhere. Um, it took a lot of, you know, cutting and editing to, to, to make it all look good. Um, you know, they did a lot of work yeah, with, uh, mini- with, with miniatures. Um, you know, God yeah, knows I'm a yeah. sucker for a scale model. Uh, you know, all the space scenes, you know, they, they made miniature versions and put them on rigs and, you know, I don't think they were green screens back in the day. I think they were blue screens, um, but, you know, and composited all that together. Um, yeah, they had to invent a lot of that stuff kind of on the fly to, to make it happen. And we all benefit from it to this day. Yeah, I, I, um, I love watching some of the behind the scenes stuff and I've listened to a couple. There was a nice little podcast series, I think, called like Making Star Wars and it was by might have been by the Wondery team or something like that, where they kind of go over a lot of the all right, George needs this, we need to make this and stuff. And and it's fun, yeah. you know, it's fun to look at all that stuff. And truthfully, I love, I love and, and I think this is one reason why maybe when they relaunched the newer Star Wars, some of the they use some of the realistic costuming and yeah. and you can tell it. It wasn't all CG. Were like in nineties, you know, the prequels were more, mostly CG. So it was just like, well, everything was filmed on, and, and you can kind of tell. And I'm like, nah, just make a really cool looking freaking, you know, suit and put right. him in it, you know, like, I don't know. It just felt more realistic. And I think that's one reason why, you know, episode seven was, um, more higher acclaimed because people were like, yeah, they had some, you know, actual, you know, creatures that were people in costume as opposed yeah, to the, this yeah. was, Look at this pretend screen here or whatever. Yeah, the, but, the, but, the but I mean, the, they don't the get me wrong. They're effects, doing good yeah. now. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's what they were calling it. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to kind of close the situation up here, I mean, you know, you have a great story. I mean, we didn't really touch on the whole storytelling of good versus evil and finding, you know, a, a young farm boy or whatever, moisture farmer, finding his way and, and, and you know, for greater good. And I'm sure there's a lot of mythology. I'm not intelligent enough to speak on that, but I know that is one thing that people talk <laughs> about a lot is, you know, the fact is like, this is a classic story and, oh, yeah. you know, Lucas stemmed this story and, you know, like, you know, from almost Shakespeare and stuff like that. But um, we, we, by, we are running a little late on time. So I think maybe we'll touch on that maybe in, in, you know, a couple episodes and see how that arc goes. Um, Overall, let's let's just say there is a bit of a cliffhanger at the end. Uh, the good team wins, but they don't <laughs> yeah. uh, necessarily uh, win for good. They won the game, but not necessarily the war. Do you have any yes. lasting thoughts that you would like to uh, <laughs> throw out there as we spoil episode four, A New Hope? Um, it, it, too many thoughts to wrap up succinctly. 
I mean, it, 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 it I, I just can't, I don't know that I can encapsulate the, the impact that, that this film has had, you know, not, not, you know, necessarily, you know, on the world, although it definitely has, and the, the legacy this created, but, but on me, um, because like I said, I, I've grown up with Star Wars, you know, as, as a part of my life, the, the whole, the whole way through, and, you know, yes, they've, they've made more, and they've made plenty of, plenty more, uh, you know, and, and, and a lot of it is good. Some of it maybe less so looking at you, uh, holiday special. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, o- overall it's, it, you know, this is what, this is what started the fire. This is what kicked it off. And, and I, I am personally very, very grateful, uh, for its existence and, and, you know, it's, it's definitely enhanced my life considerably and, yeah, I, I I could go on forever, but we don't have that kind of sure. time. So I'll, I'll just no, I was, I'll just I'll just end on gratitude and and call it good. I think that sounds good. I think that's how we end this whole kit and caboodle. You'll you, you know you uh you did a good job summarizing. I think we'll talk about you know the Empire Strikes Back, which is Episode Five, and probably some um, diehards their favorite Star Wars of all time. Um, yeah, and yeah. I enjoy. You know, the little pieces I remember. I have vivid memories of watching this and, and homemade tents um, in my living room. Oh, yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. so there's all types of fun stuff there. And I, I, I enjoy going through this uh, at minimum <laughs> nine films. And who knows where right. this will go. Um, so, so I, I appreciate that. So real, real quick, Eric, just, just, mm-hmm. just, to, just to do a, 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 you know, a, what they call a crossover. Uh, between this, you know, the the spoiling Star Wars series and the music ranked series, if we if we stick to the just the the nine films of the Skywalker mm-hmm. saga, where do you rank Episode Four? Oh, I think it's uh, you know it, it, so it's really weird. I do think this is the best one, um, and there are reasons. You know, I, I I do feel like it's number one, right? I mean, obviously it's number one on our list now, but I do feel like it's going to be the number one. And it goes back and forth with me and Return of the Jedi because you have to I, – I love the hell out of creatures. And it's oh, yeah. the Cantina versus Jabba the Hutt, and that's the right. – you know. Um, right. So, it, you know, maybe I'll change my mind after I rewatch it. But now as an older – you know, an understanding story, I have really appreciate Empire Strikes Back a lot more too for, the, for its tone. So, right. Uh, but, but I really do love uh, A New Hope. <laughs> So, so you're saying a new hope comes in at number one for you, as of right now? Yes, I would, I would agree. <laughs> uh, like, like you said, there, there are a lot of folks who, uh, who will say that Empire is the best movie, and I, I you know, they're, they're entitled to their opinion. I'm not saying that they're wrong. Um, uh, I'm just saying that to me, the one that started it all, it has everything as a self-contained unit, and I, I too find that to be sort of number one. So. Just wanted to throw that yep. out there. Um, and, no, that's and, that's you know, a great crossover. So we can keep track. <laughs> yep. So, cool. Well, thank you, Eric. Thanks for thanks for talking Star Wars with me. Thanks, uh, thanks, listeners, for for listening to us uh, geek out and and you know go down uh, memory lane to a certain degree. And until next time, I hope y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about. You can let me know via Twitter at CastTodd or email via ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. 
If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file, or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. 